0: Support for this podcast is provided by Total Jobs. For over 20 years, Total Jobs has been helping UK businesses hire the people they need. That's why their customers rate them as excellent on Trustpilot. But it doesn't stop there. Through their expansive global network, you can recruit the people you need wherever you need them. With coverage in 140 countries worldwide, Total Jobs provides you with the best of both worlds. A global player with a local touch, committed to powering your international success. So if you're looking to grow your team, do it with a team you can trust, TotalJobs. Visit TotalJobs.com hiring to find out more and get started today.
1: There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine,
0: and in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 353 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Virtual communications has been the mainstay for all of us for nearly 18 months now, As employers consider how they will work post-pandemic, the debate about what stays virtual in the future is going to dominate the next few months. There's always a lot of discussion about the negative aspects of endless Zoom or Teams calls, but what would we lose if we just returned to our old ways of working? To help provide some perspective on this, I have a very special guest. Jackie Weaver became an instant celebrity after a Zoom recording of a chaotic meeting of Handforth Parish Council went viral. As well as cheering us all up during a very long, miserable lockdown winter, Jackie has used her platform to champion the work of town and parish councils and increase the diversity of their memberships. There are some interesting parallels for employers here, and Jackie most definitely does have the authority. Hi, Jackie, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello there.
0: An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Now, many, many people listening will already know who you are, but this is a global podcast. There may be some people out there who have not heard of you, who've not seen the sort of the coverage early in the year. So for the benefit of those people, could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Um, I'm Jackie Weaver. And um, most people um, who who know me these days know me from a um a zoom meeting that went viral um the meeting itself took place back in um November, uh, December 2020 um but went viral in February of this year um and um I guess um that it was the the emotional overload of the meeting that perhaps caught the um the nation's attention
0: absolutely I think once you 've seen it you don't um, you don't forget it. Tell us a little bit more about because I think people may have seen the video but not really appreciate your job and and what you actually what you actually do i mean tell us a little bit about your role and maybe a little bit about what happened
1: thank you matt i mean I, I guess for me um our town and parish councils are are kind of like secret gems that a lot of people just don't know about. Um, So that we have so many, um, 10,000 town and parish councils across the country, each of them full of local people um, deciding on local issues. And I'm afraid that because these are local issues and people do get passionate about them, occasionally we get ourselves into trouble. I work for an organization called the Cheshire Association of Local Councils. There's 46 other of of us, um, throughout the country. And our umbrella body is the National Association of Local Councils, or NALC. Now, I don't have, um, as an organization, we don't have, um, um, regulatory powers. We're not there to to police our town and parish councils. We're there to help and support them. But every now and then when they get into trouble, um, they do come to us and say, can you help? Now, help might be advice, training, guidance, that kind of thing. But in the case of this particular um, Zoom meeting, um, they asked if we could field an officer to support the meeting um,
0: and that was me. I'm sure you weren't expecting what, what happened next. I mean, you know, obviously, you, you you certainly became the most famous person in local government. But for about a week or so, you were the most famous person in the um, most famous person in the country. I mean, obviously, I'm sure all of it was quite surprising. But what was the what was the craziest thing that happened during those first few weeks?
1: I, I think it's difficult to pick out one um, particular item because I, th- I think really it wasn't so much any individual um, requests and there have been peculiar ones, I can tell you, um, but it was more the kind of um, onslaught of it. So that, you know, it, it kind of broke on the Thursday night and on the Friday morning there were TV vans and reporters and everything literally lined up outside. I said it before, but I'm sure the neighbours think I murdered somebody. <laughs> and they were just about to dig up the garden at any point. <laughs> you know, we, we live on a lane, and you know I have that thing where people are, are walking past and looking but not looking. <laughs> yeah, I think they were just waiting for them to get the shovels out. So it was, it was kind of that, so I never really had, um, and, and in some ways still don't, have that um, ability to, to sit back and reflect on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think one of the one of the interesting things, and maybe one of the reasons that it kind of went so viral, is it. I think everyone's been on a crazy Zoom call or was just doing Zoom calls in situations that they 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 weren't expecting to, expecting to. I think it just resonated from that perspective. I suppose I mean that's really what I w- wanted to talk about. Really, in our industry, obviously, in as in every other industry, everything's had to move online. Companies are doing virtual hiring, virtual communication, all those all those kind of things. Talk us through what sort of happened with, with, with local government. How did you sort of get to this virtual communication so quickly and, and what were the challenges that you had to overcome?
1: It's a really interesting question because I think, you know, although um, I, I am most definitely the poster princess for parish councils, um, it's, they, they do have their um, idiosyncrasies and they don't move fast. So the idea of suddenly taking council meetings and putting them onto a virtual platform, um, you might as well have said that, you know, we're all going to build our own space stations. I think we would have viewed it as being you know, a similar challenge. And yet in the space of two months, I think everybody was up and running on some platform or other. Um, I know that certainly Chalk and I'm sure all the other county associations were doing the same, were running training sessions on it. Um, and suddenly it really captured their imagination. Suddenly, parish councils saw the benefit to them of Zoom meetings. Um, and so much so that actually um, we've now lost the ability from 7th of May um, to hold virtual meetings for council meetings um, and there has been a lot of work going on behind the scenes um, pushing for the retention and, and why well there's lots of reasons why I mean first of all we have a, a challenging demographic with town and parish councils we are often older Um, And that means that although a lot of the um, um, restrictions are being lifted, I think a lot of us are feeling still very cautious about that. We're not quite ready for our first rave yet. Um, So, you know, there's that issue. We don't really want to go back into into buildings and, and holding them. Secondly, a lot of the places where we would hold those meetings are certainly unsuitable for social distancing. You know, old village halls, church halls, that kind of thing. Um, also, um, we have begun to see a lot more interest by the communities in what their parish councils doing. And one of the things that we keep banging on about is trying to attract a wider audience and a younger audience. And I guess one of the things that I've kind of really appreciated over the last three months is if you want to engage with young people, you have got to do it where young people are. There is absolutely no point in saying, "Here we are, you come and find us um and so that for us we've been able to kind of reach out to that audience um albeit in a very small way um through virtual meetings, and as we could see that this was really building a kind of head of steam it was it suddenly became something that was tangible to us. We could see how we could make it work for us, and now we can no longer do it. And whereas um, twelve months ago it was well, I don't think I don't think you know this this kind of thing that's not going to work, we can't do that, has suddenly become we can't lose it. It's really important to us.
0: We'll go into some parallels with employers in a second. Before we do, I just wanted to sort of pick up on the work that you've been doing to to attract more diverse audiences, and obviously using the platform that you've that was created created for you earlier in the year. I mean, tell us a little bit about about that. What have you been doing? How have you how have you sort of tried to engage with different audiences from people who'd normally be involved in parish councils?
1: Well, I, I mean, again, speaking um, personally, it, it's been it's been such an opportunity to find people. I mean that that's that's kind of the um the issue for me is that there's always been a willingness there to engage with young people, for example, but where do you find them? <laughs> you know, it's not as if you can go to the, the young person's hub as a central kind of you know thing and suddenly you're talking to all the young people in the country. So getting hold of them has been, you know, enormously difficult over the years, and then suddenly. My diary is full of invitations to talk at schools, to talk at universities, to talk at young um, parliamentary groups, etc. So they kind of came and found me. And the fact that we were able to do this during lockdown by by Zoom, um, other platforms, of course, being available, um, meant um, I could do so many of them. You know, there's no way I could have reached as many small, discrete audiences that I've done over the last three months if I had to go and meet them.
0: And I think very often people talk about the the negatives of video communication, virtual communication, Lots of articles about Zoom, Zoom fatigue and companies dragging people onto video the whole time, and I've done a lot of coverage of that. But I think there are so many positive things that, that have come out of this, and I think you you know you really sort of highlight some there. I mean, tell us a bit more about why why has it been decided that um, the council meetings have to go back face to face? What what's the what's the sort of to the story behind that decision yeah
1: it, it really isn't a decision um it, it's one of those things that um when the government was drafting the um coronavirus uh, regulations they probably had a lot of things on their mind at the time you know bodies piling up in the streets would be one of them um so that when they were drafting the legislation unfortunately they only gave the ability to hold virtual meetings for a year and so the year came to an end um, there was a challenge in the High Court um, that um, some of the principal authority um, solicitors felt that it didn't actually need primary legislation to extend it, but the High Court decided otherwise. So that means that we need to take up government time to pass some legislation to allow meetings to continue, that we've not had, um, I mean, we've been lobbying very hard. And when I say we, I mean, all sorts of people have been lobbying. Um, I mean, for example, Mumsnet, um, who are, you know, quite an influential group, although not one that you would normally expect to be associated with Town and Parish Councils. Um, they feel very strongly about it on the basis of accessibility um, because of care, you know, care obligations, that kind of thing, and how it fits around that and makes local government more accessible to them. So we have been lobbying and also the government has put out a call for evidence. Um, so that's live on the .gov.uk website at the moment. Um, so, you know, I keep encouraging people when I can to um, you know make sure you make your views known there. Um, so... You know, I I, I I genuinely can't understand why we would resist it.
0: It's interesting because as I say, it's something that lots of employers are wrestling with at the moment in terms of do they go back to work face to face? Do they are they hybrid? Are they virtual? So I think it's it's gonna be a discussion around sort of all aspects of of society for, for sort of many months to come. I mean, in an ideal world, what what would it look like for you? Would it be a, a mix? Would it would it just stay all all virtual? What what do you think the 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 best sort of solution would would be?
1: In the parish council world, I certainly think it would be a mix. Um, I, I think that the hybrid meetings seem to me to be the obvious choice. Um, so that you know that some people can meet physically in the room, some can. You know, but that, I mean, that's going to require a bit of um, a bit of technology and a bit of getting to know um, additional things. Um, The alternative being that some meetings are held virtually. So, for example, we might have virtual committee meetings and then face-to-face council meetings. That that seems like an ideal way forward. But but I guess one of the reasons why this is such a, a kind of debatable topic is that we're not going to find one size that fits all. Um, and I, I suppose that there, you know, every um, every office situation, every industrial situation is going to require discussions with the the people concerned as to how it's going to work best. I mean, I must admit, I started from um, a position of saying there is no way on this earth I am ever going to work from home. It doesn't work. You can't manage a team. Now I rather feel that the team are trying to leverage me back into the office, and they're getting a bit of resistance to it Um, because I have quite a nice nest here. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So, as a kind of final question, what's next for you outside of the Paris Council world? Because obviously, you've built up this uh, this this level of uh, you know internet fame. What can we expect to see from you next?
1: Well, I I suppose. I mean, the, the, the whole. The whole agenda um, is new to me, um, but I think the one thing that I've kind of twigged with this is that the two parts go hand in hand. Um, I think that if I if I want to talk about parish councils to a wider audience, I have to offer something else. I have to offer what my father-in-law used to call a latch lifter. Um, and that means that I have to keep doing some of the, um, I guess, the fun stuff um, to encourage people to say, well, I want to know what else she's got to say and kind of slip it in through through the back door in that way. So um, all sorts of interesting things. Um, what can I tell you about? Oh, um, check out the Brit Awards tonight.
0: <laughs> the Brit Awards, brilliant. The Brit Awards, okay. check out yep. the
1: Archers coming up. <laughs> there may be a book. There may, there may be a half written book, actually. Um, there may be a mastermind.
0: Wow. There you've been busy. You've been busy. And I, um, I hear you're launching a podcast.
1: Oh, <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Yeah. Podcast launches next week. And again, um, I, I guess that, um, going back to the, um, original video, um, there were things. Um, it was a it was a challenging video to watch. There's angry people in it, um, and it brings out all sorts of issues about, you know, how we treat people in, in situations like that, etc. But there's also something inherently funny um, about, you know, a grown man literally losing it. You know, so so there is something amusing about that. And bless them, somebody saw that and thought it was worth running with. Um, so, the podcast um, uh, Jackie Weaver has the authority um, is um, really a, a kind of um, sitting down with um, you know some some tremendous name, or I think tremendous names, Jeremy Vine, Anton Du Tom Allen, um, talking about um, the burning questions of the day. Um, we drift in the things that are serious from time to time, but we also deal with the important things like what to do in the zombie apocalypse.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, on that note, um, that's a stunning way to to end an interview. So, uh, Jackie, thank you very much for joining me.
1: My pleasure, Matt.
0: My thanks to the amazing Jackie Weaver. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.